Ladies and gentlemen, it is lightning round, one of the fastest growing fantasy football podcasts around, which means in the upper quartile of podcasts, we're in the top quartile of that upper <laughs> quartile. It is Kevin Top, gets it as Britt Flynn. Coop is out gallivanting in what, Prague or Vienna, wherever he is on his honeymoon. Uh, so we had to uh, up the class and civility of lightning round. Oh, uh, so that's why we brought in from Fantasy Life, from Sirius XM. Kendall Valenzuela, Kendall, how are you? Hello, I'm excited. I'm 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 excited to be here. Like it's just it'll be fun. It'll be fun. We were talking beforehand. We're just like, oh, it's week ten, so we can all feel it. But I'm looking. I'm looking here. I'm looking here. I've got you. I'm excited to be here. And Kendall, I have to say, on a personal level, I am super excited for you to be here because I'm finally not outnumbered. Like I know, we have finally I know. balanced out this situation. It's perfect. It, Watch out, Kevin. Yes. Oh. <laughs> True and yeah, that's pretty true. That's true and yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. The estrogen <laughs> levels are, are soaring, but you know what? I'm gonna have to uh, go double time here. Do what I mm -hmm. do what I can. It's two on one, but uh, yeah, Kendall, so much. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. And uh, yeah, it's week ten. A lot going on. It feels like the season will never end. It feels like it just started, but it feels like it's never gonna end too. So, uh, how's the season treating you so far? Yeah, it's going. It's going. I know we have we have a couple topics tonight that it's just like you asked me a question and I won't spoil all of the questions that we're going to go through. But like, oh, who who is disappointed you? And I'm like, I had a laundry list. I'm like, it's like one of those long CVS receipts. And I'm like, wow, where do we start here? I mean, I could just list them all. And I feel like that's that's where we're at. It's been the season's been good, though. Right. It's it's always an up and down having uh, less, just less offense, less scoring this season coming into it. It's been, that's been a little tough to just try and figure out with scoring down across the NFL. But other than that, we're having a great time. We're having a great time. And if you guys don't follow Kendall on TikTok, the stuff that she puts <laughs> out seriously embodies everything that I'm feeling. Every time I come across one of Kendall's TikToks, I was like, that's me, girl. That's me. We try. So, we try. We're trying. If you guys don't follow her on Twitter and or TikTok, you are seriously missing out. She's amazing. And oh, we're so glad to have her. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so let's get right into it. We were talking about, uh, you know, the questions that we have. And let's just dive right in. Um, so there's a lot of players that we never thought would be in the position that they're in to help guide your fantasy football team. So uh, I'll start with you, Kendall. One a surprising player that you are able to trust uh, as we get into these fancy playoff, uh, the road to the fancy playoffs here. Yeah, I feel like I took a little bit of an out with this one because it's surprising in that he's a rookie and he's doing so well. But I said Ken Walker for the Seattle Seahawks uh, running back, who's just been absolutely incredible so far. I said surprising only because you we know we all know rookies, right? Sometimes it takes them a little while to get in, to get adjusted to their offense, to understand their role in their offense. And unfortunately, with that Rashad Penny injury, which was just awful, you never want to see injuries. So it's always a guy behind the guy scenario with those kind of players and. And, you know, ever since he came in, I think it was what week five. I mean, he's just been setting he's just been setting everything on fire. Now it's you know, who's going to be uh, offensive rookie of the year. And it, it's him and it's Damian Pierce. And, and they've just been incredible. But he's just that workhorse that, you know, that you can trust going in and in week in and week out. Even with Geno Smith, he's someone surprising, too. But I think it's all come together really well for Ken Walker. And it's just it's been fun to watch. So I've never he, I've never it's never been a question ever since he came in and the Shot penny injury happen where you know he's going to go in and just fight for any fantasy points, any yards, any touchdowns that he needs. So that that's mine. 
Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, you would think that a team like Seattle, who has kind of been battling back and forth, would throw a little bit more to their receivers. But Ken Walker is second in the entire NFL Mm -hmm. in red zone carries and then has the second most touchdowns. I think he has five red zone touchdowns. And these guys, the other guys on top, have been doing this the entire season. Like, Kenneth Walker is the truth. Like, you are absolutely spot on in that. And I cannot wait to go and watch him the rest of the season. Because if he's doing this well with only, you know, like four weeks under his belt, Mm -hmm. what is he going to do down the line? Like, you are absolutely spot on. Yeah, Walker's been a smash. I mean, my natural aversion of running backs aside, like he scored the last five. He scored in the last five weeks. He's had uh, four weeks of uh, three of the last four weeks top ten finishes in fantasy and PPR. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what more you want from the guy. Um, yeah, it took it took a Rashad Penny injury uh, to to really kind of kickstart that whole uh, thing, but you know Walker might just be that guy that that leads you to a fantasy title. I mean. I know. We we all thought Seattle was going to be this. I mean, we knew they wanted to run the ball, but nobody obviously saw Geno Smith coming. Nobody really saw him being able to at least open up this offense for them to be able to run the ball this effectively. So that's been, for me, the biggest part of that whole thing is Geno Smith gives the defense something else to consider while you have a running back that's clearly stepping up. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Ken, Ken Walker's fantastic. So and, good. Yep. Absolutely. No, no uh, homerism aside. No homerism. I promise. Being from Seattle, I, I'm always the first person. I've got this series X I'm showing. I'm always the first person on there. I'm like, I did not believe in Geno Smith. I, I think I had to take one time earlier in the season that I really did think Drew Locke was going to win that quarterback battle. Gross. So sorry that I said that ever. <laughs> Just, oh my God. But you're right. Like Geno Smith being there, I think it takes, it takes everyone. Like we always say, sometimes it takes a village. Like you need an okay offensive line to make things work. You need a good quarterback to make things work and you need you know that run game that just sets up your sets up your passing game and so it's all it's all worked out for Seattle and it's so weird like I had a playoff conversation with someone the other day and I was like dear god I'm like we're having playoff conversation with Seattle and Geno Smith Geno Smith probably is gonna I mean what do you do you gotta extend him at some point I mean if he if he continues on like this like you have to you have to sit back and think what what's the future gonna look like so it's it's weird but I agree with both of you it's it's weird in Seattle but Ken Walker is is the guy he's the truth yeah, it might take like it's like that Ryan Tannehill like uh, resurgence where mm. he was pretty much dead in the water and then he took over from Mariota and mm-hmm. now he's well, he had a couple good years in Tennessee and now we'll <laughs> now see he's what just happens. old. Yeah, now. Yeah, now he's just borderline dust. But, you know, anything can happen. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. NFL. It's a chaotic week to week thing. Uh, Britt, what about you? Um, I saw your answer and I was surprised. So uh, I'm I'm excited to hear about this one. Well, so I don't know why you were surprised because (laughs) I was talking about him before the season happened with everything that's gone on in Kansas City. I was like, why can't this guy be the guy? And it took him a little while to get involved. But I think that this guy is McCole Hardman. You know, his snap share, if you look at it, isn't what you want. But honestly, nobody's snap share in Kansas City as far as the receivers is what you want. What we're getting out of McCole Hardman is this red zone, these red zone looks like McCole Hardman has become Kansas City's Alan Lazard. He is the guy who's getting those red zone looks. And over the past three weeks, he scored three touchdowns. He is the one getting the looks. He is the one getting those really important snaps and touches. And he can also be like a little bit of a gadget guy. We've seen 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire snap share fall to 17%. And that's not all due to Isaiah Pacheco. A lot of that is due to McCole Hardman coming in and kind of playing that gadget role. And if the trend continues these like the rest of the season, like it has been these past three weeks, I 100% trust McCole Hardman on a good offense, a high scoring offense and somebody who gets red zone touches. So I like it. Why, why, why are you confused? I like it, Kevin. I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't, it's hard to shake past uh, opinions of somebody. And that's, you know, we talk mm. about all the time here where, you know, we get new information. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. Like, Sometimes we just have to adjust, but I don't know if I'm quite there with McCold Hardman. I mean, there's still, you know, all these pieces there. I mean, we, we were wondering who was going to shake out of this wide receiver core between mm-hmm. you know, incoming Sky Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, you know, these other pieces, MVS. Um, really, outside of like Juju to an extent, nobody really has. But then here comes McCole Hardman with five touchdowns in his last three games. And... I just don't know if I'm right there, but now this this last week against Tennessee was the first week he had over six targets. So mm-hmm. if he's going to be involved to that, I mean, maybe not quite to a nine target capacity, but at least consistent every week, then I'll be more on board. Um, I'm just, I'm still kind of on the fence, but if you started him, I mean, you've gotten top six performance this last two weeks. So uh, yeah, who am I, who, beggars can't be choosers at this point. <laughs> Exactly. I think I think it's both because I get I get that side, too. And I think it's both like it's been a slow start, especially with like Smith Schuster, who you talked about, Britt. And it's like he's currently wide receiver 18 in PPR. Um, so so you zoom out, though, and you think, OK, Patrick Mahomes, I, I it's insane because and this is going on on Twitter today. It's like what Patrick Mahomes has done where we thought that maybe he wouldn't fall off because it's Patrick Mahomes, but like not have the production with Tyreek Hill gone and how he's spread the ball around and he's just leading in all these categories it's like it's absolutely crazy so I think that if you're looking at Smith Schuster he's underperforming like if you look across the league with everyone else but Mikol Hardman you have to think that sometimes with the utilization report that Dwayne puts out it's like the ceiling is there because his quarterback is Patrick Mahomes so you go in some weeks and you think okay like hey he can he can perform well because for them to continue scoring and operating the way that they are and to hit the playoffs and to make sure they're continuing to dominate these teams like it's gonna it's a touchdown party so if you're in it you're hoping that you're you have the Michael Hardman's the Smith Schuster's all those other guys at the top that can benefit from having Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback yeah 100 percent, definitely with you as far as the uh touchdown party I'm gonna start yeah that, touchdown party got it I mean the whole you know fading Patrick Mahomes you know the during the draft season I mean that never really got that I mean, yeah, it, it makes no sense at all. Uh, my guy, I mean, I'm a Packer fan. I have a natural bias toward the Chicago Bears. But, I mean, Justin Fields, it, it almost doesn't matter how bad or how maybe not great of a passer you are when you're putting up, you know, a combined 400 yards of rushing uh, in the past what, four weeks. He's Mm -hmm. been a top 10 quarterback the last four weeks. He emphasized everything last week where he had to put that entire Bears team on his back, 178 yards rushing, four total touchdowns. Um, Yeah, he's just been a monster. In his schedule, there's two playoff weeks where I have some pause, week 15 and week 16 with uh, Philly and Buffalo. Outside of that, Lions, Falcons, 
Jets, pa- uh, down Packers team. Bye week, the Eagles, Bills. And then your fantasy championship, if you get there, he gets a nice, juicy matchup again against the Lions. So, you know, if Justin Fields has a bad day even passing the ball, it almost doesn't matter because now they're opening up this uh, offense for him on the ground. Now they have another weapon in Chase Claypool to, you know, drive some coverage and drive some, you know, attention off of fields. You have to start paying attention to him now because he's going to throw deep shots to Mooney. He's going to throw deep shots mm-hmm. to Claypool. Now he's got Cole Komet who scored two touchdowns last week. Like there's actual optimism for the Bears offense, and I don't know how to feel about that. But for fantasy with Justin Fields, like this is what this is why you drafted him for, you know, in the later rounds, hoping that this kind of bull case would play out. And at least for the last four weeks, it's played out. Well, yeah, I, and the uh, go ahead, Kendall. Oh, no, no, go ahead, Britt. I want to hear it. Well, I was going to say, like, a lot of people didn't even draft backup quarterbacks, and Fields was out there on waivers, even. Up until this week, there were several home leagues that I played in that Fields was still available, and he's been the quarterback one since week five, and he was still available on waivers (laughs) because people wanted to just basically put this in a little box and be like, well, he doesn't throw. And it's like, he doesn't have to throw that much. You know, look at Jalen Hurts last season. Jalen Hurts didn't throw for that much, and he was still fantasy gold because of his rushing touchdown upside. And now after he got that 42 point game, everyone's like, oh, now we're suddenly in on Justin Fields. And it's like, no, you should have been in on Justin Fields like a very long time ago. And mm-hmm. then this upcoming game, which we'll touch on later on the, in the show, um, this kid is good. And bringing Claypool in, now you have to not only respect his rushing ability, but his passing ability. Mwah, chef's kiss. Love it. Yeah, no, he's, he's exciting. Like we, he was everything we've always talked about, you know, fantasy, who we, who we like in the, in, during the season and during the off season, he was someone that everyone, even when we were in Ohio for the fantasy football expo, it's like fields, fields, fields. And now you're excited because it's finally happening. It was, it was a bit of a hold your breath situation with Eberflus and Luke Getze. You're wondering if they're ever going to be able to figure out who they have in fields because you know, Matt Nagy didn't. He he had. I think I said the other day he he had 18 designed runs for Fields in the whole season last year, and it's just like you look at that and you're like, that's never gonna work. And then they go out and they get Claypool, which is super exciting. I I say weapon very sparingly. Don't come for me when I say a weapon <laughs> in Chase Claypool, but it's like they're giving him options they're giving him options and they're saying hey we're we're gonna start building around your strengths and we're gonna start calling plays around your strengths which is obviously your legs and and he has an arm like he really does have an arm too he's flashed it a few times to Mooney and to other receivers so it's just fun they have 121 million dollars in cap space going into the season they have a ton of draft picks in 2023 too whether they hit on those or not that's going to be the big question but like Justin Fields is such a fun guy right now and it's finally like you can take the paper bags like off your heads, Bears fans. Like it's okay. Like we love Justin Fields and and what he's gonna bring to the team and fantasy in general is just like, man, it's so it's so fun right now. Yeah, the fact that in like some circles you can make the case for Justin Fields being the best quarterback in the NFC North, uh, especially if you're Crazy. Bears, Lions, or Vikings fans, um, <laughs> not great, Bob. So I mean. 
I mean, and you say weapon. Yeah. I mean, compared to like the Equinemia St. Browns and the Dante Pettis's of the world. I mean, yeah. I think he qualifies. Yeah. Nikhil Harry. It's like I went to ASU and even I'm like Nikhil Harry. Like, come on. It's the running joke was that the Bears hate Justin Fields because they didn't have anything around him. It's just like, oh, good luck. And it's like, no, now they're doing stuff for him and at least showing some, you know, trust that they they hope the process is going to work. And Band, I am not down bad. Uh, <laughs> Justin Fields saved my DFS life last week. Nice. Uh, so I am up good, I guess is the opposite of that. So we'll roll with that. Um, so, Kendall, I'll go back to you with this. So yeah. uh, we talked about the players, uh, the surprising players that we're trusting uh, getting into the fancy playoffs. But the guys that we drafted higher, hopefully, hopefully they could be like the pillar of our fantasy teams. Um, some guys have really fallen off here. So a player that you maybe draft in the first, you know, four or five rounds that that we cannot trust uh, in our lineups going forward to help us get to the playoffs. Yeah, I took I took the easy way out on this one too. This is the one where I said I had like a CVS like list receipt of <laughs> people we could come out with because it's been there's been big busts this season too. Like JT right now is not looking great. You can say what you want about Najee Harris if you were fading him a little bit because his ADP was was just going off the charts towards the end of the season with that Liz Frank injury. But mine, and it's just because I. I'm heated still about the news today is just Keenan Allen. Like what the hell? I, I mean, like, what are we doing here? I, I didn't, I didn't expect you to win my league, but damn, at least like 12 points, maybe through any kind of week. It's just, that was the most frustrating part. And I think it's the way that it's been handled up until this point. Like we're in week, we're going into week 10. I think he, he played what he played in week, what, four, four games, played a two half games. He played a half and then came back and then came back and it was just like, and then he says, oh, I injured it again during the bye week. And then we're saying, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, okay, are you good to go? And now it comes out again today that he's, you know, day to day. And it's like, you've been, you've been, you've been month to month. Like, what do you mean? And so I, think I, I think, tweeted out that he was year God, to year today. I know. It's just like, it's just so frustrating. I mean, he returned in week seven is what I was trying to get at. He returned in week seven, right? He had, I think at 23 snaps that he did there. And then it's just, it's just so frustrating. And I think just not putting someone on IR not knowing what to do with them has just been the most frustrating part, especially where you drafted him. Um, so Keenan Allen, I, I love you still maybe a little bit, but it was just, that's been, that's been a tough go to like justify you drafting him at his ADP. Well, and you talk about the mismanagement, you know, Mike Williams got hurt and then they're like, you know, you already know that Mike Williams is going to be out for a few weeks. And then instead of actually preserving your actual number one, Mm -hmm. You rush him back out there so that he can re-aggravate his injury right before the bye week. Like, yeah. what are the Chargers doing with their entire receiving core? Like, elevate somebody from the practice squad. Give Eckler, like, 10 more targets a game because we already know that he's <laughs> yeah. a target monster. Like, he's already going to get it. Why are you putting your, you know, close to 30-year-old wide receiver with a history of hamstring issues back out there when you're not 100% before your bye week? Because yeah. now we probably won't get him for the rest of the season. You know, that scar tissue that builds up after hamstring injury, after hamstring injury, or any kind of soft tissue injury just really never heals. And so I actually wonder if by putting him out there before it's completely healed, if Keenan Allen might not play, you know, for the rest of his career, he might be going down the Julio Jones path. Oh, God. I don't, I, I I'm not going to put him, I'm, I'm not going to put him not. in. Yeah. I'm not putting him in my lineup. It'll be out of spite. He'll be like, I'm a hundred percent. I'm 120. I'll be like, I don't care. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough scene out there for uh, if you're if you have Keenan Allen. Like the, this past in the league that I'm in with Breda Dynasty League, I traded uh, De- uh, Devonta Smith for uh, Keenan Allen straight up. Um, that's <laughs> not turned out that well uh, per sources. So uh, yeah, it's just entirely confounding. And yeah, um, where is it here? Have we learned right now the Chargers have the worst medical staff? Yeah, in the Josh. Yeah, yeah, they're right up there. Um, I mean this has kind of been status quo, the chargers for a long time where it just seems like they're, they're cursed. I mean, we had the Justin or the Justin Herbert rib injury. Now, you know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, you know, mm-hmm. they're trotting out uh, Michael Bandy and Chris <laughs> and, and who even, who even knows? Who knows? Uh, Parham's hurt too, but yeah, it has been just gross. Uh, if you are rostering multiple chargers, not named Austin Eckler. So yeah, I mean, I don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. To, to trot him out in week seven before your bye week, I think it's just, it wild. you know, malpractice. Yeah. But it is what it is. You know, it's it's bad. Uh, Britt, what about you? Uh, a player you drafted high that uh, you can't trust anymore. So don't hate me again, Kevin, but I'm going to have to talk about DJ Moore. Uh, <laughs> He's gone. No, trust me. I have plenty of DJ Moore and – I was one of those people who thought that as soon as they got Baker Mayfield, like, oh, he loves to throw this to the slot. Like they're going to design DJ more in the slot. Like they're going to do screens, blah, 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 blah. And it never happened. And then I got my hopes up when they brought PJ Walker out and DJ Moore had those two like kind of monster games. And I was like, all right, PJ Walker is the savior. And then in a, in a very negative game script, against the Bengals last week, they just still refuse to throw to him and give him any meaningful snaps. Terrace Marshall ended up with more points than DJ Moore. And going forward, it looks like Steve Wilkes doesn't even really know who the quarterback is going forward. I think that at this point, it's like quarterback roulette. And just somebody free DJ Moore, get him (laughs) off the Panthers. Like he deserves better. But That said, I still cannot trust him in any of my lineups. That's not to say that I'm not going to play him in any of my lineups because injuries have been brutal and I'm just going to kind of like plug and pray. Um, But I don't trust the decision that's happening. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You saw like, and the the worst part is that we know the talent that DJ Moore has. I think that's that's even more painful when when we you know we're in the weeds with fantasy stuff, and it's so disappointing when you know the player has so much talent and so much upside, and then it's not being utilized. Like CC Tony Pollard, like CC a ton of these other guys that you're sitting there like I know he can be putting up these monster numbers. So. With DJ Moore, and like I said, with DJ Moore, you saw it with PJ Walker making the throw of the year, in my opinion, all the way down the end zone, rips his yep. helmet off, shoves it down. We can talk about celebration penalties all damn day if we want, but we don't have to. But you see it, right? You see there's connection there. And then you're right, Britt, just with Baker Mayfield potentially, potentially Sam Darnold in a couple weeks, maybe too. Like if, if PJ Walker plays bad, what do they play tomorrow uh, against the yeah, they play tomorrow. Oh my god! Yeah, what day it's is be it? A bloodbath. Whoa, that's awful. If he plays bad tomorrow, <laughs> like we can't be surprised when it's Baker Mayfield for a week, and then they say all hope is lost. Like here's here's Sam Darnold to come out there and hope that maybe something happens. So you know that Terrace Marshall and Baker Mayfield have a connection. So if the, I think the only the only upside is having PJ Walker in for DJ Moore to find anything, unfortunately, which is saying a lot, but you know it is what it is. 
Yeah, the the bar was so low for the Panthers. I mean, this is a yeah. team. Well, DJ Moore's had 1,100-yard seasons with uh, the ghost of Cam Newton and the corpse of Will Greer and all these other ter- Teddy Bridgewater. Brandon and then, Allen. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> like, uh, oh, here People comes forget. Baker Mayfield. I might, we, we might have a chance here. No, the, the, that, go, that ghost ship hit an iceberg and is now leaking water and then mm-hmm. hit a pirate ship and plundered everything like <laughs> Christian McCaffrey and, you know, everything else on that team. And now it's just sailing aimlessly in the Atlantic. It's not good. DJ Moore. I mean, uh, su- supposedly Green Bay offered a first round pick for DJ Moore. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that would have been we this would have been a celebration stream probably mm-hmm. had that mm-hmm. happened. But you know what? We can't have nice things. We can't have also, you know, DJ Moore being productive again. We can't have nice things. No, so. no, it's a pain. That's a that's about all we can, we can just hold our breasts and you know I have to start him because you know it's it, it's part of the, not only part of the brand but just yeah. I have to because I have no healthy wide receivers at this point. I'm with so, you. So yeah, you. it's tough scene. Uh, speaking of tough scene, I mean. We drafted this player. I mean, I I didn't draft him as much as I should have because I was drafting DJ Moore and I was drafting T. Higgins. But this wide receiver for the Colts was going in that range. It was Michael Pittman. Hmm. Like, he is very hard to trust right now just with the totality of everything going on in the Colts. Uh, say what you want about, you know, Jeff Saturday being the head coach now and that whole rigmarole. But Sam Ellinger has not looked good. They, I mean, who knows? They might go back to Matt Ryan if he's healthy. Like Jeff Saturday seems like that guy where we need to get that veteran presence in there. I don't really like these rookies. Sam Elgar hasn't been good. He's like a complete, completely against analytics. Took a nice <laughs> shot against across the bow at that. But um, I mean, Pittman's just very, last three games. Um, you know, he's had the targets, but he's just been not very efficient at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has not, he's barely been above the top 36 uh, just one week and week eight over the last three games. So uh, he is very, he is a very hard to trust wide receiver. I mean, you look at that entire offensive ecosystem now, I mean, they might get Jonathan Taylor back, but when you're trotting out Deion Jackson, you're trotting out in a, one of the worst t- offensive lines, which is wild because, you know, we know the talent they have on the offensive line with Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly and those mm-hmm. guys, you know, they're, a great group, but they just have not played well at all. And we're seeing kind of the, the, the results of that. Now, Michael Pittman is just a very hard click to put in any lineup right now. Michael Pittman is tough. I think he hasn't had a top 30 finish in the last three games. I think right now he's registering as wide receiver, like number 18 wide receiver on the season. And again, in Dwayne's utilization report, it's just like if you're looking through and you have targets from Alec Pierce, who we all liked too. like we thought, hey, Alec Pierce could be someone. He was a waiver wire guy uh, during during the early parts of the weeks. And then and then you have Paris Campbell, who's also needing targets like it's just it's not going to work there. Like his target share isn't going to be there at 23 percent target share isn't gonna isn't gonna work it isn't gonna work for anyone in fantasy especially now that we're going deep into the the playoffs and things that we need to get ready for so it's it's been the whole colt the colts have just been disappointing we talked about jt i mean Pittman too alec pierce has has the potential we've seen we've seen him flash and and now he's gonna sit back there until whatever they do next season which is probably have the number one overall pick and and go get bryce young or something like it's just not gonna happen but Pittman was fun for it was fun while it lasted it was 
it was fun <laughs> offseason talk until it happened. And it's just like, damn, that's another player that just has so much talent that just isn't it, it isn't going to pan out because of, you know, where he plays. Can we start like a GoFundMe or something to free all of these talented wide receivers from these horrible situations? Because I'm so tired of seeing wasted talent on yeah. all of these teams. Like these players have such a limited career and we're seeing it with Pittman. We're seeing it with um, DJ Moore. So many other players like guys, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't get Tough. me started on Kyle <laughs> Pitts. I will be crying all night if we bring up Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I feel like we talk oh about God. him every week and he could, she definitely probably should have been on uh, at least one of our lists, but you know what? I just, it's low hanging fruit at this point. <laughs> let's yeah. Let's just, at this point, it's like um, trauma blackout. Like I just don't talk <laughs> about Kyle Pitts. Um, but guys, can we get somebody to throw the, throw the ball to these super talented wide receivers? Like we are wasting their talent. And, yeah. you know, Pittman did okay with Matt Ryan just in PPR formats because of the pure volume of targets that he was getting. Now you have Elliger who can't throw the ball more than five yards down the field and gets sacked and gets, you know, completely discombobulated. Now he's not, not even getting that. Um, guys, like what's... <laughs> Lost. Good. I love it. I love it. No, I, I agree. I think it... Yeah, it, it goes to show, too, like when you peel back the layers, how hard it is to actually find an NFL franchise quarterback like that's just been that's been proven always. And I think we all know that. But when you look at it with all the statistics out there and everything and all the quarterbacks that haven't hit like the Carson Wentz's, then you think like, oh, everything's going to be fine. We'll move on from Russ. Geno Smith's here. It's just so it's so hard to hit on those quarterbacks. And and it all just it's all dependent on them and, and your offensive lines and everything around them. So it's just it's crazy. It's it's yeah, it's the NFL. It just we want to like rip our hair out and just be like, what the hell? Just free everyone. Jokes well, on least, you guys. I don't have hair anymore. <laughs> at least I can say that, you know, we got a great pun out of this hire that now we have Saturdays on Sunday. Oh, love it. Love it. <laughs> I think I made the joke God. that he was hired on a Monday. So it's just like Monday to Saturday. <laughs> Evan's like, God, stop. I'm just going to take a deep breath here. You know what? It'll be great when Jim Irsay sells some of those guitars and buys mm. out Aaron Rodgers' contract, the $100 yeah. million dollar cap hit or dead cap hit that they'll take if they cut him. Um, so, yeah, there's your new uh, veteran quarterback for the Colts in 2023 Ugh. to throw the Pittman. He's saved. Yeah. Not so much. Not so um, much. So, <laughs> not so much. Um, yeah, so, I mean, as a Packer fan, I'm spoiled. We've had two quarterbacks in 20-something years. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. The Jordan Love uh, fifth-year option it will be up in six months. So, That'll be fun times when we don't play him and then Ooh. we have to make a $19 million decision. Mm -hmm. So good times. Uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, for this week in week 10 here, uh, a player situation. I'll start with you, Britt. Uh, player situation that you're uh, excited to see in week 10. Um, so I'm really excited to see Justin Fields against the Lions. We kind of touched on it earlier. Like we've seen Justin Fields with his rushing ability. But now that he has Claypool, and now that some of that attention has been drawn away from Darnell Mooney, now that Cole Komet has kind of gotten himself involved in this offense against one of the worst passing defenses in the league, can Justin Fields actually put the puzzle pieces together? Can we see the rushing upside 
plus the passing passing upside. Like, can we do this all at one, especially against a division opponent when the Bears were, you know, basically picked to finish last? Can we get over this hump and can we see Justin Fields actually evolve as a 100% franchise quarterback? Man, if they can't do it against the Lions, I know the Bears are bad, but like this is, we said that too again. Aaron, what the Packers? Sorry, sorry, Kevin. Packers going no, in okay. there. It's okay. I am Packers going in there. It's just like, what the hell? It's if you can't, you like that was the get right game. Anyway, uh, it's Justin Fields. This is a great, this is a great game for him too to just scheme, scheme some things up. Let's see what they have in the playbook that they have been working on for Justin Fields too. You saw a little bit of that come to life last week, obviously with his insane historic game, but it's just like, okay, let's see that continue against a awful, uh, the worst defense in the league and, and see what you can, what you can do in there. And if you can utilize those, those weapons that you weapon weapons, again, I say weapons, those weapons that you have um, and see what like they can do. I, I know. I know. It's just like, well, that's a good call. That's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun game because of just the overall, what you're going to expect from Justin Fields and that team. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did touch on uh, fields a bit, but yeah, the game against, I mean, that should be a continuation, so mm -hmm. to speak of, you know, the, that game against Miami. Yeah. Uh, the Packers couldn't do it against the lions. I mean, well, the, the bears are running a, a, as close to a functional NFL offense as we've seen them in the past, like two, three years. And it's kind of wild. So uh, let the good times roll with Justin Fields. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, if you see this and then just kind of hide him behind a suspect offensive line again and expect him to throw and, you know, don't design any runs for him, like it's that's that's the Matt Nagy playbook. Like yeah. do the Luke like Luke Getzey when he was at Mississippi State. I mean, he designed an offense completely around a running quarterback. I mean, that mm -hmm. was I mean, it was 2018, I believe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, Justin Fields can absolutely just break the slate yet again. Um and I'm going to actually uh, dive into this. Uh, the thing that I'm excited about, Derrick Henry is literally the entire offense in Tennessee. Like it is so bereft of talent and even bereft of opportunity for the Titans, at least in the last couple of weeks and Malik Willis has started. So uh, Derrick Henry better hope that his foot is okay because he's <laughs> probably going to have to shoulder yet another load this week. Um, I mean, the the game against Kansas City was one of the wildest disparities of like, you know, the uh, passing game versus the running game. Like Malik Wills dropped back 16 times and didn't even complete 33 percent of his passes. And then he got Patrick Mahomes out here throwing the ball in almost nice 68 times. Like mm -hmm. one of the wildest things. And yeah, Derrick Henry has literally been the engine of this offense and where he goes, this offense goes. And it's wild to me that they still seem to take him out. Like he does not get like, he, I think he only played like 50 something percent of the snaps last week. They were taking him out on a lot of plays uh, for, you know, will I mean, Willis was out there anyway, but like mm -hmm. the Hilliards and the, the Haskins. And I just don't understand how you were using him in the beginning of the season as more of a pass catcher. And it just doesn't seem like he's used in that capacity. And if you can't get the ball downfield to anybody, uh, I mean, they had like one shot play and that was to Chiggy Okonkwo uh, at the beginning of the game. And then after that, it was just a parade of uh, overthrows and not even closes. So like get Der let Derrick Henry be like our uh, generations Christian McCaffrey they're, he's going to mm -hmm. have to be if this team is going to be continuing to win I mean they're five and three despite that despite how bad 
uh, Ryan Tannehill was before he got hurt. And now they're just kind of patching it all together, but it's been Derrick Henry. Just let Derrick Henry take over everything. And I think they'll be fine as long as he's healthy. Yeah. Well, you know that Traylon Burks is coming back this week, Kevin. Yeah, how I dare, saw that. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you say that Derrick Henry should be this generation's Traylon Burks? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Like, so, I mean, I feel like he has like, you know, because A.J. Brown was when he was drafted. I mean, he was only a part time player. And I think Traylon Burks can have that kind of transformative you know, offensive potential where he can kind of shape an offense a bit, you know, with his skill set. But it also has to do with getting a quarterback that can throw I the know, ball. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know. I'm, I'm totally like, putting I on my it. fantasy. I got to earn this check mark somehow. I mean, besides <laughs> I liked their, I don't know. I liked the 1907 style offense that they came out with last the week. You didn't helmets? love that? Yeah, you didn't love that? No, they would rather have Malik Willis take a sack than throw the ball. Like, that is absolutely incredible to watch. They, or go to like, therapy. Literally, they're like, hey, don't just don't throw it. Just whatever you do, don't throw it. Take the sack. Like, that's what we watched. But no, I, dude, I love Derrick Henry. Like, Elliot, Elliot from Fantasy Life was always giving me crap because I love Derrick Henry. I was saying, you know, we did columns uh, in the offseason saying, hey, yeah, you should draft Derrick Henry in the first round. It's like, I get the injury thing, but if we're going to talk about injuries the same way we talk about Christian McCaffrey, like, it's just, it's unfair to have put that injury stuff on Derrick Henry because I get it. He's a big man. He's 6'3, like 205, 210. It's, it's in, it's in 250, excuse me, 250. It's just like, it's wild how big he is. And he's just, he can be their offense. I worry that they run him into the ground a little bit. And then you sit back and you say, wow, he, he could have just, you know, held on a little bit longer because Dontrell Hilliard isn't that bad. But yeah, if you don't, if you don't have a quarterback, you're hoping that that he comes back and then it's not Malik because it's just it, I and I think Malik has a good future too but but him sitting back there and then literally saying hey just don't throw the ball because we cannot handle whatever's going to happen that's just it's not uh, it's not fun yeah, yeah and I'm I'm a little bit worried about this matchup this week because the Broncos have been very good in mm -hmm. passing defense and obviously the Titans don't have any semblance of a passing offense so I'm a little worried about them stacking the box and just kind of shutting down the run but then again it's Derrick Henry like how yeah. are you going to shut down Derrick Henry so exactly. yeah like in this economy like imagine in this economy. Like, <laughs> right like just the run he's been on but yeah I mean I just don't understand why you don't get him at least more involved knowing that you have such deficiencies in the passing game at least getting him out there and just Get him some screens, get him some something. You got to move the ball. Like, just let him just like Nelson on that episode of The Simpsons where he's got to throw the ball to himself. Like, just <laughs> at that point, just let him do that. Uh, Kendall, what about you? One thing you're excited about for week 10? I'm, I'm, I'm more nervous than excited, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see the situation just, just in Dallas in general, but with Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, I think that's always a super interesting one because it's, it's one, a one, it's what we want it to be one, a one B, but it's really, it's Ezekiel Elliott's position. And then Tony Pollard just follows a little bit behind them, but he came off that, he came off that week before their bye week where he was just, I mean, he was doing crazy, insane 
amazing things. He was scoring touchdowns. He was doing everything that we thought he would. I mean, he has 81 carries for 506 yards, five touchdowns. And, and, and it's just, he's, he's a good running back. Right. And I, I say it's more interesting and exciting to watch what's going to happen because he is, he is going to be a free agent next season. And so they're going to come to a place where they're going to have to say, okay, Ezekiel Elliott is the you know highest paid running back in the league right now. You understand why their alliances are to him, but you also step back and say, if Tony Pollard is Betty and Bet- Betty better and ready to go, then maybe he should, maybe he should be out there a little bit longer because maybe Zeke isn't ready to come back from that injury. So I'm trying to like manifest that Tony Pollard is going to have another good week and that maybe they turn things a little bit. I'm not saying he's going to take over the backfield, but I think it'll be fun to just see overall the rest of the season with Tony Pollard and then, you know, where he ends up in the off season too. Yeah, I wrote about it in the weekly matchup previews over at Fantasy Alarm that Tony Pollard was my top play of the week in this game. Um, And I wrote, even if Zeke does come back, I think that Zeke is going to be limited. And Pollard has a little bit more of that explosiveness on the outside. Mm -hmm. You know, they tend to run Zeke on first down directly up the middle. And then that's it. That's all Zeke gets. (laughs) But they designed these run plays for Pollard to go outside, and that's where he really excels. And that's where he gets those yards per carry, like just going crazy. And Green Bay's run run defense hasn't been great. And it's also going to be cold. <laughs> it's gonna be, you know, pretty close to freezing oh. at game time, which basically, you know, historically always lends itself to a heavier run game. Mm-hmm. And even if Zeke does play, I think that Pollard is going to have a heavy role. I think he's going to explode and I think he's going to have a great day. So I am a hundred percent agree with you. You're making my day. Right? It's just <laughs> like, yes, let's do it. Six. He's averaging 6.2 yards. It's just like, it's, he's good. He's elusive. Like you said, he's, he's a good running back. You just, he's in this position where it's understandable too. Like we understand why he's behind Ezekiel Elliott, but it's just, you saw the flash and you're like, this is what we could have in our lives. But again, they, you know, they don't want us to be happy. They don't want to have anything this could be us but you play it exactly (laughs) just like ah we could have that but no no um yeah uh kendall i was hoping you you started saying betty and i thought you were gonna throw a riverdale reference in there so i started to get a little excited it's okay it's um but yeah if you uh are all subscribed to the uh, fantasy life newsletter i actually wrote about this matchup today uh the cowboys and the packers and yeah tony pollard fifth in the nfl in yards per contact after carry and sixth in yards before contact. Uh, like Tony Pollard has been amazing. Like and Zeke has been fine. I mean, he's getting all this opportunity mm-hmm. and he's been he's been adequate. But we I think we know who the better back is. I think everybody on this planet knows who the better <laughs> running back is, except for the guy who's making the decisions. And I don't even think that's Mike McCarthy, it's Jerry Jones. So yeah. as Jerry Jones goes, Zeke Elliott goes, if he's playing. I think he's going to be in there, but I mean, you have to ride Tony Pollard at least more than what he's been getting when both backs are healthy. Like mm-hmm. Tony, Tony, uh, Tony Pollard's going to make some money. He's a free agent after this year. So, I mean, he's going to get a bag from somebody and then he, he's going to end up ruining our, all our lives. Cause he's going to go in some weird committee. Like he's going to go to like Miami and split with like 14 Stop. different running backs. Den- he'll, go to Den- he'll go to Denver and just be buried. It'll be great. He'll go to the yeah. He'll go to like yeah. the Texans and just be like Damian Pierce's spell. He'll he'll stay in the state. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, I I am very uh, bullish on Tony Pollard. I've been a Tony Pollard truther. Uh, mm-hmm. I think my card says membership since 2019. <laughs> so um, 
yeah, uh, very excited about that and not very excited for my Packers to have to go up against those two running backs because um, I think they can both control the game. I mean, we've seen Dallas, even when Dak Prescott, Prescott is back, they're still skewing more to the run versus, you know, we've seen Dak Prescott just aired out in the past. They don't need to when they've got two running backs like this and can control the game. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it, it's Zeke's health. You know, if he's out there and Pollard's out there, I think it's going to be a really long day. I think it's going to be a long day for the Packers no matter what. Yeah. I mean, if they couldn't even beat Jared Goff, what's the, what's the uh, chances they're going to, uh, pull off a surprise at home as home underdogs, by the way, Ugh. uh, against the Cowboys could be, could be a trap, could be a trap game. That's what I was looking at it as, but I, I agree. There's no way. There's no way. Well, when you're a Packer fan in 2022, <laughs> every game is a trap game. I'm sorry. I, I feel okay. for you. I really do. Hey, you know what? We're spoiled. We're spoiled. You are. You are. I mean, I'll fully, uh, admit that, but, uh, Brett, uh, so on the on the flip side, one player situation we're nervous about in week 10. What do you got? So I'm going to pick the low-hanging fruit here. Um, I thought that the 12 o'clock press conference would give some clarity to this today, but it did it. I'm very worried about Josh Allen's elbow. They're very much obfuscating the severity of his elbow injury. They're saying that he's day-to-day. But then the beat reporters are like, well, we didn't see him in the media portion of practice. Um, What's going to happen? There have been rumors around that it's a UCL, which in any other sport would be a year long uh, absence from the field at best. So what exactly is going on with Josh Allen's elbow? That hit was brutal. We saw right after the hit, his accuracy was terrible. Um, He didn't look great. You know, he grabbed his elbow even after he made that throw. I don't necessarily think that Josh Allen is going to play this week or maybe even for the rest of the season. And I would very much like some clarity on that. So please, Santa, if you're listening, (laughs) give me some clarity. Yeah, it's not you're not excited about it. That's for sure. It's it's and it has been I think they did come out and they say, hey, it's some kind of UCL, maybe a sprain. And then they come out and say, well, we're going to it's it's his pain tolerance. Like it's not necessarily him needing to be sat, but it's it's him going to have to go out there and say, how's your pain tolerance doing? And it's just it's been weird because you're right. And in baseball, it's Otani had this injury. DeGrom had this injury. And it's just been a weird season of like even in the offseason when Matthew Stafford came out and they were like oh he's hurt we're gonna go to whatever it was the angels facility or the dodgers to get help from their doctors because it's an injury mostly known in pitchers so i feel like that's a weird that's a weird trend we're gonna put a pin in that and then in the offseason like really go through some doctors and see what's going on but i think we should be worried because of how nonchalant they're playing it and i know peter and i on sirius xm we he's said a few names to go out there and there's probably not a lot for you to go get but if you have anyone on the wire like a Kenny Pickett, if a Daniel Jones is still there for whatever reason, like it's time to go and pick someone up just in case, uh, because he could very well trot out there this week and say, I'm fine. I'm going to play through the pain. And then it doesn't look good. And then he injures himself even more. So it's time to definitely have a plan B if you have Josh Allen and you're managing him. And it's just, it's not a fun time for anyone with digs with any, with anyone on that offense either. It's just not fun. We're not going to have a good time. Yeah, not great, Bob. Um, friend of the show, uh, Yankees pitcher Jameson Tyon, who we had on uh, earlier, mm. has had two UCL surgeries. Perfect. Uh, 
So he's he uh, actually replied to Chris Mortensen's tweet about uh, if they need a UCL consultant, let me know. I have oh, some experience. Good. Man, so. it's it's great. And that's the injury that sidelined him a couple of years ago, too. Like he's only missed games because of having this before and yeah, he didn't he, need surgery yeah. on it. It was what four games, if, if we remember correctly, or something like that, where he was out. So it's not great that it's the same injury coming out again. And it's just ugh, you don't you don't like it. It's not good. Yeah, it's not. And I'm, yeah, if you're get you probably need a plan B and C at yeah. least to have a couple options. And I know that's not feasible in a lot of leagues too, but I mean, if you're in, you know, standard 12 team league with your buddies mm-hmm. and there's quarterbacks out there, I would say uh, if you have the bench room, which not a lot of people do, but I would be grabbing kind of just streaming and kind of staying a week ahead. Cause yeah, this does not sound great. Uh, you know, your, your draft of Josh Allen likely the end of the second into the third round. I know a lot of people would reach for him, especially in, you know, home mm-hmm. leagues and stuff like that. So that's what makes it tough uh, for, uh, for Josh Allen. But uh, Kendall, what about you player situation that uh, you're nervous about? Me, Kendall? Well, I, we talked about it a little bit before, so I won't go too in the weeds with it, but it's just the Colts, man. Like the Colts, it's just, it's, it's odd. It's weird. Um, I always hope, like, I always hope, hey, hiring Jeff Saturday, fine. I we're we're the thing is we're football people and you don't want people to not succeed because we want the best product out there on the field. So so you're sitting here hoping that okay, this weird Jeff Saturday hire, let's in the weirdest world of all, let's just say it does it it does help and it does do things, but realistically, it's probably not gonna happen. And just letting go of Frank Reich, who he he won 55% of his games, which I know not great. It just seems like yes, there was a quarterback carousel going in and out of there but Frank Reich had a quarterback carousel and still made the playoffs Frank Reich had a quarterback carousel and still you know his his offense was still finishing 10th 19th 12th and and 13th by offensive DVOA so it's just it's things that look at look at the Broncos like they could have been the Broncos who haven't been back to the playoffs or back to anything since they won that Super Bowl so just super frustrating. It's more airing of grievances of just like what the heck is going on than, than anything else. And to say, Hey, we hope Je- I, I do. I really do hope Jeff Saturday miraculously knows how to run an entire NFL team and miraculously knows that he's making the right, the right calls for who's going to call, you know, play calls and all that stuff, but just a weird situation. Not fun for the thing is not fun for any of us with any fantasy implications. Like if you have Jonathan Taylor, you're nervous. If you have anyone else, you're, Probably not playing them, if we're going to be honest. Like, it's Jonathan Taylor or nothing at this point. Yeah, and even JT, like, his usage was very puzzling so far this season. And (laughs) then you go with a guy like Saturday, who really has only coached a high school football team. It wasn't good at that. (laughs) That high school football team went three and seven. Yeah, in, like, 2017. I mean, like, what are we doing? It is so puzzling. Like. What, you know, (laughs) lay down the law, say, hey, let's have a private conversation. If you don't do this, like you really need to do this, like nudge, nudge, wink, wink, or like, but just that firing in and of itself. And then what they did is so puzzling. And again, we've touched on this a lot. Like, please free these guys from these terrible (laughs) management decisions, like get Uh, them out of here because it doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you had a former player on your, st- like Reggie Wayne, like he's on your staff. Like, yes. why do you, 
that's the most confounding one of the most confounding things of this whole thing was yeah you want to get a player you know former player fine they he's been to you know countless pro bowls and won a championship and you know the two quarterbacks he's played with were uh peyton manning and aaron Rodgers for his last season but like come on like i know i don't know i just it's it could work out I mean, he even said in his presser that, you know, I, all I can do is just coach these games. I don't even know if I'm going to be good at it. If I'm not, then I'm gone. I'm, you know, bye. If not, if, oh if my it God. works out. But why did, he accept, why did he accept the position, though? That's what yeah. that's what really boggles my mind. I mean, if Jim Mercer came to you with a Fender Strat and, you know, asked you if you wanted a job, like, I, you take a <laughs> break. Come on. Well, you know I would. Because this is Jimmy really... Page's guitar, and he gets to coach the, uh, and he gets to coach Colts. But that's it's just different, weird. though. You get to decide not to play Sam Ellinger and <laughs> not throw the ball like the women. I'd probably be a better coach than Jeff Saturday. Let's just preach, be real, but... preach. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so god! So weird. I love it. This just this is just this entire podcast is just <laughs> railing on the Colts, and I'm 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 here for it. <laughs> They Not know they lie. deserve it. They we've, know it. We've it's... got to deflect all the Packers talk just to call Exactly. Them. Exactly. We're all You here can't keep it. getting away with this, Colt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get some more Marvin Harrison Jr. talk in here. Uh, Q Sky, by the way, Marvin Harrison <laughs> Sr. Um, so, the player situation I'm nervous about for week 10 is this whole Najee Harris, Jalen Warren situation with, you know, the rumor that, you know, that's been going around. Najee Harris is going to get benched for Jalen Warren. I is damned if you do, damned if you don't, If no matter who you're throwing in there. I mean, this entire Steelers offense is just a work in progress right now. And then you subtract Chase Claypool out of there. So, yeah, it condenses the, the passing game a little bit. And Kenny Pickett's going to have to pretty much learn on the fly. But with su- such a bad offensive line in Pittsburgh, you're really just throwing either running back. It just doesn't even matter who you start to the fire. So, I mean, Najee Harris... He's like one of those guys you can't trust, but just because you drafted him in the first round and he's healthy, you almost got to throw him in there just because, I mean, you're not throwing Caleb Huntley out there. Uh, it's t- uh, There's a tough scene, but yeah, uh, <laughs> the Steelers are a, a pretty big tire fire uh, for me. And uh, just this entire Najee Harris, Jalen Warren is be- Harris getting benched thing um, doesn't really move the needle for me because I kind of think both are, you know, kind of get just dangling over the fire at this point. Yeah. Harris isn't going to get benched, but I can see him losing touches and snaps, but look at this entire Steelers offense as a whole. It is garbage. It's garbage. The, and I mean, that's not to say that it wasn't garbage last season, but the thing that really like solidified Najee in the top four of running backs was those dump off passes. The and, dead arm of Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah. And neither Trubisky nor Pickett are doing that this year. They're trying to air it out, which coincidentally is why Pickett is leading the league in interceptions, which should be your clue to quit chucking it downfield and just dumping it, like dump it to Harris, like give him those little checkdowns. But alas, they're not. And I don't think that Jalen Warren's going to do any better. I think that they're going to continue rotating these backs out, and that's just going to deplete the value of both of them. And it's not going to be a good scene on either end. Yeah, 
I can, I can, I can see that. I, I actually, I don't mind Jalen Warren. I've been telling people to maybe stash him just in case as a guy behind the guy, but only as a person, if I, I was under the impression that maybe Najee would unfortunately get injured. Um, if we heard about that Liz Frank injury earlier in the season and before the season even started and we said, okay, that's when we really saw his ADP just going wild and, and no one wanting to really draft him in the first round anymore. But Jalen Warren, I feel like it could, could, maybe be a little bit better better than what Najee's doing right now, which isn't saying a lot, right? You said that, Britt. He's not he's not doing Najee Harris things, but having like the 50 yards on on six carries like in week nine was nice to see. I mean, Harris, I think, only managed like 32 yards in that game. So it's been fun. And I think the one thing that I've noted looking at this with, okay, if Jalen Warren does take some touches away, sure. Uh, because you said it, Britt, too, that Najee Harris was, you know, check down. He was with check down King, Big Ben. It's just, it wasn't, it, he was in an ideal offense for himself because it, he was always going to get that ball because Ben Roethlisberger wasn't able to stretch the ball down the field. Like, we we knew that. And so now they're deploying this new younger offense and they're saying okay well let's let's try and get Kenny Pickett in here let's try and get George Pickens who we all like a lot and and before that it was Chase Claypool who's now been shipped off but I feel like Jalen Warren can go in there and, and make a little bit of noise or hope so because they have a way easier schedule now too right they went through a gauntlet they I mean they played the Bills they played all these crazy teams so if it happens it happens I feel like Najee Harris with his injury it's just it's been it's it's almost it's not Keenan Allen-esque because he's been playing but it's I feel like it's hurt him a lot more than we kind of expected it to this season. Yeah, I'm going through their schedule right now. Like New Orleans is tough after the bye, and then uh, mm -hmm. Cincy, uh, Indy, Atlanta, Baltimore, Carolina, Vegas. It's, yeah. It gets considerably easier, yeah. I would say, especially with the two Baltimore ones. I mean, Baltimore has been playing a little bit better. I mean, they bottled up Camara, but still, I think that's yeah. still an, at least a net positive for uh, the Steelers, but it all hinges on the offensive line and the threat that Kenny Pickett Awful. poses right now, which is not. How much that do you great. respect that pass? And nobody respects <laughs> that pass. I know. Yeah. We'll hope. We'll hope it like gets. I. I. I don't hate Kenny Pickett though as the option, right? I just it, when you play against the Bills and then the Buccaneers and then the Dolphins and then the Eagles, like yeah, yeah. you're gonna get your worst case. That's Malik Willis status of like just take the sack, like just just don't do it. But I feel like he has so much potential down there, and that's and I think that's what they're trying to figure out, right? Like Mike Tallman's such a good coach, and he's shown that over and over again. So they're just trying to figure out what they have and, and see what they need to get, do going forward because it's pretty it's a it's a lost season but but you can still figure out who you have and what kind of quarterback you have yeah and if there's anything if there's one thing you can kind of take solace in is that at least pittsburgh knows how to draft wide receivers so mm -hmm. at least if they want to get him weapons, exactly they'll find him no matter what like it's just some kind of uncanny thing that you know mike tomlin and well i don't know if that had to do with kevin colbert who's colbert who's gone now but still um Definitely good. Uh, so we'll go through these questions. I know we're up against it. Uh, Brett, we'll start with you. One question we want answered about a player or situation in week 10. So I want to know if the Vikings are actually a good team or if they're just fraudulent because yes. the right. Um, so the only team that they've lost against this season has been the Eagles who are a very good defense, but they lost that game in dramatic a plane crashing to the ground fashion. Um, then they played the Lions. They only won by four. They played the Saints. They only won by three. They played the Bears. They only won by six. 
we can keep going. Like they have not won these games. Last week they played the commanders. They only won by three. Like, yes, they have these wins on their schedule, but they haven't really blown anybody out. And so going up against the bills, I want to see, are they actually a good team? Can they put all these things together? Um, Especially with Josh Allen potentially being out or are they just kind of fool's gold? Yeah. I, I agree. I've I've always I've liked the Vikings this season. Uh, I've told Peter that before, and he absolutely hates me for it. He's like, "Why do you like the Vikings?" I'm like, "I don't know. I because I, I they are fraudulent. Let's just put that all the way out there. I mean, you've got stories coming out of Adam Thielen like making espressos in the locker room, and you're like, "What's really going on here?" Like, essentially, what are we working with? But they're they're talented, and I think they know the push that they can get on. Talk about an easy damn schedule the rest of the way. They get done with the Bills, and then it's just then it's Cowboys still tough, but then then they go Patriots, Jets, Lions, Colts, Giants, Packers, no offense, Kevin, and then the Bears. I mean, it's just like at this point, they're running away. They're running away with the, the division anyway. So they're just going to sit there and say, hey, they, they could get through. I mean, they could get through December 18th and just be like, we're good to go. And I think them getting getting TJ Hawkinson was weird and random and they thought it would help them and it is going to help them. But I agree with you, Brett. They, they're definitely they're a little fraudulent, but they have such an easy schedule down the road that it's just like it, it won't even matter that they're fraudulent until they get to the playoffs because they're going to get there and then they'll say, OK, this this doesn't make sense why you're here. Yeah, we talk about well, we talk about the Vikings or we talk about the Eagles being the, the class of the NFC and the NFC being weak. I mean, look at the Vikings now, and then you add yeah. TJ Hawkinson, who we always make this case about, oh, well, this player is changing teams. You got to give him a couple weeks to learn the playbook. And then Hawkinson comes out, <laughs> dominates, and gets, what, 84% of the routes last week. So uh, we kind of put that one to bed and tuck that one in. But, um, yeah, I really like the Vikings going forward. I mean, Kevin O'Connell's got <laughs> – he might get, oh, some, get some votes here for Coach of the Year. I mean, it's – I mean, it's if it's not Nick Sirianni, it's probably him, at least for me. Yeah. But, or Pete Carroll. Yeah, yeah, him too. Honestly. Him and his, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And his fruit strike gum <laughs> chomping away. <laughs> um, so as far as uh, a question you want answered uh, for week 10, uh, Kendall, what do you got? Um, I, I went, I think I wrote down, I went with the, uh, Broncos. I just want to know if anyone's salvageable on this, on this Broncos offense and talk about Greg someone Dulcich. that's just been, no, 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 <laughs> stop. Oh my God. If Greg Dulcich is the only thing we get out of this Broncos offense this season, I'm, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's not going to be great. It's just, I can't, I can't live with it. You drafted Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick goes down and you're like, shoot, that sucks. You think KJ Hamler could be a deep sleeper? No, none of them are good. Not the Russell Wilson's not good it's just so that's more on the disappointing side but I do want to see they're coming off the bye week right and they got that win that they needed to or else they were just going to fire Nathaniel Hackett on the spot if we're going to be honest like they were just going to leave him uh in London or wherever they were it was just it was not going to be good so he's hanging by a little bit of a thread but I think just the Broncos we drafted those guys Jerry Judy and and Cortland Sutton it's just way, way too early for them to be doing things like this to us. So I just want to know if they're able to get anything going. Melvin Gordon didn't even mention him. Who is he? Latavius Murray, Mike Boone, like RIP to all of those guys. So we'll see what happens. But I, I just want to know if Cortland Sutton can get back on track, maybe even Jerry Judy, maybe even Russell Wilson. Maybe he can start cooking again. But that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I might say like Judy has kind of like salvaged his ADP. Mm-hmm at least a little bit by getting like 50 yards and then a couple touchdowns over the past five weeks. But 
it's definitely not something that you like to see because he's had so many drops, yeah. like with his targets, drops and inaccurate passes. Like it's just not great. And then they, you know, traded for Chase Edmonds. Like I know. what, what is happening in that backfield? <laughs> like what is nothing, happening? nothing. That's what's happening. Once like once you're down bad everything. losing Javante Williams, I mean, Dude. it causes you to do some crazy things. And, and they hate so, Melvin Gordon. So it's like, okay. Right. And so I kind of like it for Chase Edmonds just because he wasn't getting anything in Miami, but from a fantasy perspective, like there is no clarity in this offense whatsoever. Mm-mm. Um, in a couple leagues, I have Cortland Sutton, and I'm just plugging him in and playing him because I don't have anybody else to play. Um, but I do not feel good about it. So I'm 100% <laughs> with you. Like, please, can we get Cortland Sutton going? Can we please do this? Yeah. Yes, please. And my only uh, Broncos take is... Yeah! Oh, my God. Look at that hair. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Oh my god. It's like the evergreen every week. I hadn't seen that in a while. It's like, what the hell are we doing? I mean, he really is gonna be the only one. If you if you're carrying any Bronco player on your team, it better be Greg Dulcich because that's who they know and love. And it's just so odd. I don't I I don't know. I don't get it. I think it's the perfect microcosm to 2022, if you ask me. Like, of all, you know, we were, it's like one big game of Clue. And it was like, (laughs) you know, you had Professor Plum and, you know, everybody else. And it was somebody that wasn't even in the, in the, yeah. Some person that's not even in the game that wins. Yeah. They hated Noah Fant. They shipped him off. They're like, it's, it's Greg Dulcich. That's the, that's it. They, they don't like Melvin Gordon. It's just, it's, it's a weird, it's weird. And Albert O relegating him to, oh, God. Our, like, our generation's oh, John rest Smith. in peace. God, I forgot about him. I was high on him too. Well. I'll <laughs> tell you that right now. I was definitely like Albert O, O, season. It's like, let's go. Oh, God. Is Awful. that the perverted pronunciation, by the way? I'm so, I know you are, you know, you're very in the uh, Denver Broncos street. So, yeah, yeah. Okuwebunam. That's that was that was what we had to learn. That's that's how he goes or Alberto. But Peter, Peter was saying like Albert Okuwebunam. And I was like, OK, we can't do that. Like, we got to put a little that's bit how of I respect. I know. I was like, put a little bit of respect on his name. Yeah. Um, okay. We're going to have to have like a spelling bee at the expo now and everybody is going to be out. Right. Um, yeah. So for me, uh, one question, I mean, are the giants going to be like the worst 13 team win in NFL history? I mean, just the fact that it's, we're, we're, we're talking about with the Titans, but at least Daniel Jones can, I think Daniel Jones can be, you know, this week's Justin Fields. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if he could, could get loose for like a, a longer run, I mean, we know he can put up rushing yards and he can pass enough. Like, I just don't know how the Giants can keep getting away with this to, to rehash another earlier point. I mean, their schedule, I mean, they just got through, uh, you know, they lost to Seattle, but Houston, Detroit, um, da- uh, Dallas, Washington, Philly, that's tough. Their only other game with Philly is in week 18. So at least they avoid that kind of hornet's nest, but the yeah. commanders, then the Vikings and then the Colts. So like I'm looking at the totality of this team and we know they have no wide receivers that you can reliably start. I mean, Wandale Robinson could probably be rostered, but you never feel good at least clicking on his name. And now, you know, you had the, the, the one couple fleeting weeks of Daniel Bellinger before that eye injury. I mean, we'll see when he comes back, if he comes back, but 
it's like Saquon mm-hmm. and that's it. And it is just such a weird dichotomy there with, with, with the giants and how, you know, we have these, like it's Saquon Barkley, you're rostering Daniel Jones, you're rostering a fantasy, but yet they're putting all this together. And, you know, we talked, I just talked about Sirianni and Kevin O'Connell, like Brian Dable, just p- mashing this, just these misfit toys into just one big, you know, lump of clay and molding a, a possible playoff team is that might be the wildest story of 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's all Dable. And I, and I love that form too. Like that's, that's a hell of a coach to be putting together what they have been. And it's a gritty team in general. I think they'd been, they, they'd been outscored in the first half, like a, a ton to a little, I don't have it right in front of me, but I mean, they, they, they're all come from behind too, right? They're always not, they're mostly always not leading at halftime. So you're coming in, you're running Saquon. You're saying, okay, if Saquon's locked down, we're going to go with Daniel Jones, who's who's looked great. I mean, he he was someone that was still on the waiver wire a couple weeks ago, and it was just like there there should be no reason that Daniel Jones is still on the waiver wire. So I, I just tip my cap to, to Dayball, and I, and I love that for them because they came in and their win total was five and a half if you got it early, and then it was at six. And so for them to be in this position right now, it, it, I, I don't know, call it fraudulent call whatever you may because they they don't but what they're doing without people you know like the vikings have people and it's still a little bit weird but with with the giants it's just like they're just they're just out coaching everyone and it's crazy to see i'll be interested to see if they continue to do it yeah you're rolling out people like richie james and devin seals and yeah. lost sterling shepherd and lost Bellinger and you traded away Evan Ingram and, and Kenny Galladay has lost himself. Kenny Galladay has lost to the He's wind. back though. He's back though this week. Don't worry. Oh, but, Lord. but yeah, it's that kind of thing. Um, like I think that they've built it upon a strong offensive line that they really kind of, um, just short up in the draft. And then they did the same thing with their defensive line, you know, mm-hmm. between Aziz Ojolari last season um, between Thibodeau this season and then going out and getting Evan Neal. Like they are not only getting the skill position player pieces, they're getting pieces that are going to help every single piece of that team in the draft. And and that's just kind of spreading around and showing um, throughout the rest of the team. So do I think that they can do it down the stretch? Mm, maybe, but they definitely are going to be way better down the line when mm-hmm. like once they finally get these position players, you know, like this 2023 draft class is absolutely incredible. Think about the 2024, like they've got these kind of anchor pieces in their offense and defense. Once they just put a few more pieces, they're going to be dangerous going forward. Yeah, I agree. And I'll hit this question before we uh, get out of here real quick. Uh, I took the higher on Patterson 0.5 rushing and receiving touchdown to PJ Walker, 173.5 passing yards. How do you guys think uh, these two bets will do? I'll throw that to Kendall. I like it. I've got uh, Cordell Patterson first touchdown score tomorrow. If you want to hit on that too, I got a plus eight hundred over at our friends at BetMGM. I like that. PJ Walker. I mean, they, they've they're without AJ Terrell tomorrow. I think they already ruled him out. So I can. I can see a weird game, right? Where you're just like, okay, things are mixing well. They're going to DJ more, hopefully. And there it's just another DJ more game. So we're just all crossing our fingers, but I do like Pat Patterson for sure is a lock for me. Again, I had him first touchdown score tomorrow. So if you want a little sprinkle on that, you can, uh, you can join me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I like Patterson. I think that's that's almost as safe as a bet you, as you can get yeah. there. I'm a little iffy on the PJ Walker just because we, I mean, if they get down, like we know Atlanta can just pace down this entire game and just mm-hmm. make it into a slog where, you know, they might only get like 20, 25 passing attempts and they're going to have to at least hit a deep shot and then just sprinkle in whatever. But I mean, we know they can throw Baker Mayfield in at any time. So that's what gives me some pause on that. But I think Patterson is as close to a lock as you can get with that. Yeah. I love it. All right. I'm, I'm in total agreement. I'm just like, yeah, I like that. I'm taking <laughs> mental notes on this right now. <laughs> Just wish I was in a state where uh, I could bet legally. I was going to say, I can't bet in VM. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, like, if I go to Oklahoma, can I do that there? Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Well, we are uh, sorry we took you over, Kendall. Uh, but I just know. real quickly, well, oh, uh, just real quickly, let us uh, let everybody know where they can find you and what you're up to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twitter is right there at KValenzuela17. And of course, you know, you you got to go and read all of Kevin's great stuff and everyone else's at FantasyLife.com. Subscribe to the newsletter free in your inbox seven days a week at MB Fantasy Life is all our social handles. And then uh, Peter Overzet and I on SiriusXM five days a week. Yes, they did let us on there, guys, five days a week. It was shocking to us, too. But we're there um, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Eastern because I am Pacific time. So 11 a.m. Eastern uh, to one Eastern. So it's a it's a great time. You can call us in too. We got the phone number that we throw out there every day. So yeah, listen to us. Subscribe to the newsletter and uh, make sure you're giving us a follow. Yep, hundred percent. We're 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 cranking out everything at Fancy Life. Uh, love the team. Love everything about it. And uh, I mean, where else? All this stuff you can get it on a subscription, you know, to other sites, and we're giving it away for free on exactly. FantasyLife.com. So yeah. Uh, again, Kendall, thank you so much for uh, spending your time with us here. And uh, Britt, anything else before we uh, hop off here? Uh, I don't think so. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm so, uh, well, I'm trying to breathe out. I've. I'm going through some stuff, y'all. Um, but I'm just, I'm so happy that Kendall joined the show with us. It's very nice to not be outnumbered for once yes. um, on the show. Mm-hmm. So thank you for coming on. Of course. And Whenever I you need forward, me, Brent. Yes. Never. I look forward to talking to you soon. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, if you haven't already liked, uh, subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel here, please do so so we can feed our kids uh, all zero of the combined kids that we have. (laughs) So uh, please go ahead and do that Uh, for Kendall, for Britt. I'm Kevin Tompkins, and I guess I will do it this week because we had Coop do it and we had Gary do it. Toodles.